There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's great to be back with you again for yet another week, uh, yet another wonderful guest. Today we've got Peter Roper. We're going to be talking about the reputation gap. Um, before I do that, um, wherever you are in the world, thank you. Do appreciate you listening. Uh, I love it when um, I also hear from you as well. Uh, and um, I just hope that uh, life is treating you well and that you are learning from shows like this uh, and elevating your thinking and contributing to a better world through your business. Um, so last week we had Danielle Haig. Uh, Danielle uh, talked to me from Egypt um, about the dark triad. Uh, and uh, Danielle was a fascinating guest. Um, we we talked about, uh, Danielle has uh, expertise in psychology and she works with very, very senior politicians and organizations around the globe. And she's worked with prime ministers. Um, so she's got some really interesting stories to tell. If she only she could tell them to me um, on, on, on the air. But what she did talk about, well, she talked about uh, this, the dark triad where narcissism psychopathy and Machiavellianism collide. Uh, and when that collides, um, you find yourself with uh, somebody who's uh, very powerful, um, doesn't have fear, um, doesn't have a lot of empathy, very driven. Uh, and we sometimes find that these people find themselves in the, in a very senior positions in uh, areas like, uh, like politics, um, but really interesting conversation. We talked about narcissism, for example. We talked about Machiavellianism. We talk about psychopathy because not everybody has all of these three traits together, but we do in business come across, um, and in politics, we come across fascinating characters and we need to learn how to be around them. So if you're interested in that, uh, I would really recommend do go and listen to the interview with Daniel Haig. It was fa absolutely fascinating. So my guest today, um, Peter Roper, I don't know how long I've known Peter, probably must be. 15 or 16 years now, something like that. Um, so quite quite uh, a long period of time. I, I first met Peter through an organization called the Professional Speaking Association. Um, I'm very pleased and proud to call him um, a friend. And uh, and his, his daughter, actually, Hazel, helps me uh, administer my show too. So we've uh, we have a, had a relationship um, together for, for many years now. And Peter's actually, I think, the first person... I've, I've done four individual shows with, and uh, those were back in 2012, 2014, and 2016. I've had some guest people who joined me and interviewed me, and I've done inter interviewed them, may have been on four, four or five times, but uh, Peter's the first one I've actually asked to do a show with me for the fourth time. So you get a sense of the, this man already uh, that um, he, he knows what he's talking about. We're going to talk about the reputation gap. We're going to talk about how best to plan, promote, and protect your reputation. Uh, Peter's also known as the family businessman, and he has 45 years of experience in managing and aiding the reputation of family businesses. 
Uh, he's managed a business with a turnover of £30 million. He went on to set up six family businesses, and he's guided thousands of people uh, to their success. Uh, I've seen him speak from a stage many times, and he's uh, he's just a fascinating person to learn from. His family business practice is very supportive. It has a community platform that organizes over 100 educational events every year, fostering and enriching engagements for family businesses. And he is, in his speaking career... He's spoken to over 500,000 delegates and he holds the prestigious 2018 Professional Speaking Award for Excellence. Um, Today, we're going to talk about uh, his latest book. He's got several. It's called The Reputation Gap. uh, And I'm very delighted to welcome uh, my friend, Peter Roper. Hi, Chris. Thank you for that introduction. I was wondering if you're actually introducing somebody else for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You forget. It's the the fact I'm getting older that you forget what the heck you've done over the years, don't you? You know, but thank you. It's it's an honour and a privilege to come on for a fourth time. I couldn't believe that. And the number of years we were just discussing off air. I can't believe how many years that's been there. But delight to be here. Thank you. No, you're you're very welcome. I always find it fascinating with your bio. I don't know if you do, but... You have 45 years of experience in your bio. I, I, I sort of look at mine and say, oh, I better put it on another few years. <laughs> it's, it's, That's exactly what I had to do. <laughs> oh, no, it's not It's not 30. It's now 32 uh, uh, or whatever. <laughs> but but uh, as, as, as you know, you know, the first show we did, I definitely had more hair than I've got now. You so, did, yeah. Yeah. You still get your good looks, though. I bless you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what? We, so tell us, it's been seven years since you were last on the show. I can't say I can't believe that either. What have you been doing with yourself? What's what's been happening in your life? Oh, absolutely nothing really. Just kicking around. Um, what do we do? Well, we, um, we did lots of stuff with the family business practice. Uh, we had more and more. We had, we've had hundreds of family businesses throughout over the years. Ran lots of events. That funny COVID thing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and we converted the business in four days from uh, lots and lots of face-to-face events to uh, online Zoom events. I went a bit bonkers, if I'm honest. Um, we ran 150 events in one year. The following year, we ran 100 all on Zoom and stuff. We, and we, we, we just did whatever we could to help and support and serve people. Um, um, and along the way, hopefully, you know, we, we were okay too, which we were fortunately. And that was a lot of what we did. Um, in recent times, I've been working more, you know, with family businesses on a face-to-face basis. I've also been looking at things in terms of speaking and stuff. And then, um, uh, my co-author for the, for the, this book, The Reputation Gap is Leslie Morrissey. Uh, Leslie has helped me off and on over the years. She certainly helped Andy Lafarge and I when we wrote uh, Book and Death Came Third, which is 17 years old now. And Leslie actually said to me, how do you fancy putting a book together on reputation? And I I wasn't thinking of doing another book in a hurry. And then we, we talked about it and I realised that it, it was it was the right time for it because of all the stuff that everyone's been through in recent years. Uh, and we put it together very quickly. And that's testimony in many ways to leslie leslie is very good uh, at, at producing this stuff uh and um i'm very excited about the reputation gap because it's straightforward it's it's simple in terms and um it it echoes the fact of where people are really in life at the moment i, you know, I'm, I know through your shows that you, you know you, you've identified over and over again some of the people that you've interviewed that people's thoughts have changed to a degree uh, I think that's one of the the spin-offs of COVID, not just generationally, but 
um, in terms of how they're looking at life, one of those things is working with people that they really want to work with. Yeah. In other words, they don't want to work with people who waste their life. Uh, and um, that's what the reputation gap's really all about. So, you know, I'm proud to have co-authored it with, with Leslie. I think it's a good time for it. So I guess that's what we've been doing. Plus playing with grandkids. You know, yeah. as you know, I've got, you know, I've got grandkids in America, Northern Ireland and, and here in Worcestershire as well. They're all growing fast. They all call me all sorts of names and stuff, which is lovely. Um, but mainly they call me Pops and that's good fun. So because I, I kind of hear you've um, you've also at, uh, at times been playing with your grandchildren a little bit too vigorously for your own health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the story from Hazel, isn't it? But yes, I was feeling very fit and I went over to Northern Ireland and two hours later I, I tore my hamstring very badly and i had no sympathy from anybody and they were quite right as well <laughs> because i was an idiot <laughs> <laughs> and, I think, you know, and i'm thinking you know at the time i thought i can still run like this and of course i couldn't as i proved yeah. so i'm getting better again it's it's, it's getting there but i'm you know hey i'm 67 now so i'm not doing badly and and um you are you a a, a brummy from birmingham you trying to remember I, now i'm a brummy from Soli hull I'm from Soli Hall. Ah, okay, that's still that's still Birmingham. I lived in Soli Soli Hall for a while, or Soli Hall. Yeah, well, well, well yes. you, if you're if you're originally old, you'll say Soli Hall. You say yeah. it's a reverse snobbery in some in, in some in circles. But yeah, I'm Soli Hall originally. Still got my Brummie accent. Proud of that. Um, and if I'm talking to my brother, it gets twice as strong as the family tells me uh, as soon as I've come off the phone from him. But yeah, Soli Hall originally moved around over the years with the family uh with the uh, around the country um and then settled in worcestershire um about 20 odd years ago now um and i'm very happy in worcestershire we're very very blessed we're very lucky where we live i was just thinking about about birmingham in in this is very very current but it has what the biggest the biggest council or local local authorities in europe and yeah. it's actually pretty much gone got bankrupt hasn't it it has gone broke the, uh, yes gone broke. they're already looking at what they can sell off so you know the beautiful library in brum they're 14 percent or so stake in birmingham airport they're looking at um the stuff that they built for the commonwealth games they're looking at uh, how to engineer themselves out of there they'll they'll work it out the finance guys will work it out but it will come at a cost there's no two ways about it and uh they're not going to be they're not the only ones that have gone that route and i think there'll be more unfortunately uh, yeah it seems to be that too with the shortfalls in budget so these these authorities have tried to make up the gap through investments that have not worked out for them uh, i mean it's the biggest as you say it's the biggest authority in europe it is it's you um i i certainly want to try and manage that so so, so uh, and i'm kind of mentioned that because uh we're talking about reputation today and uh you know i'm interested in you know how you define reputation uh and i think it, you know a, a local authority like that going bust yeah. must have had an impact on it yeah absolutely i uh my co-author leslie would say it's gossip okay likes to keep things short and sweet i tend to be because the, being speakers we we use more words don't we uh, but I would say it's what people say when you're not in the room. Mm. It's a combination of the two. It's what people say about you. And, and so, I, you know, I had a, a call from somebody this morning who said, Peter, I need help with something. And who do you know? 
basically, which I get calls regularly on now. I'm sure you do. Uh, and, you know, in my in my mind, I've sort of a couple of people who I would be very comfortable to say, yeah, have a chat with them, make your own mind up. But they're good. Uh, you know, they're good people. And um, that's the point about reputation, isn't it? That's why I mean, it's when people talk about you when you're not around. <laughs> Particularly if you're British, we'll never tell you to your face in a hurry what we think of you. Yes. <laughs> but we're probably happy to afterwards, but not to your face, because that's not the way that the Brits are wired. In other countries, we know that's not, not necessarily so much the case. But reputation is something that takes years to build and seconds to blow up. Uh, and it surprises me sometimes how little people really think about their reputation um, uh, and how, you know, it, it's what makes the difference between a, a, a business and a successful business or a, a really successful business. You know? So it's what people say about you when you're not around. How do you how do you find out? How do you measure it? How do you find out what people are saying about you when you're not around? How do you capture that information and and build your reputation well it's not easy to get an answer to that uh, i think the first thing to do is to understand what the, you know we called it the reputation gap and then to, to do that is to understand what we're talking about so if i think about uh, when i'm in front of an audience let's say i'll just say to an audience let's say on a scale of one to ten one low ten high how how good you know how important is reputation and everybody will say ten because they just will because it's paramount. We all agree it's paramount. And then the next thing I'll say, ask is, okay, so as far as your business is concerned, you know, on a scale of one low, 10 high, how, you know, where do you think your reputation is? And most people will say six, seven, or eight, depending on what they are. If they're salespeople, they'll, they'll automatically say a nine because they're wired that way. It's not a criticism, but depending on what, what side of the fence it is. And the third question I'll ask is, okay, so let's forget the business. Let's think of you. What do you think your reputation is on a scale of one to 10? And people always stop and really, I have to give them longer because they think no one's ever asked them that usually. And and, and the next question, the final question is, how do you know? And it goes very quiet every time. It goes very, very quiet. Um, and the answer is, is, there's a number of things that you can do to find out about it. But I think the important thing, first of all, is to understand how important the reputation gap is. If most people say that they're around a seven or an eight, doesn't it make sense that we should strive to be a 10? My hands up, by the way, you know, I know that I'm still striving, striving to be as high as I can. You know, can anybody really be a 10? Maybe, maybe not. But the thing to do is to strive from that because the real business, the business where People really appreciate what you uh, what you do, all right? Um, they love what you do, appreciate the work that you do, and are prepared to pay you for it and pay, pay you what you're worth is in the 8, 9, 10 area. Mm. That's the point. So before you start saying about measuring it, you need to understand why it's important to go find out. Well, the way I say to people is, would you like business where people really appreciate you, pay you what you're worth, pay you on time, and and you know what? You like working with each other. You might not love each other, but you you enjoy you, you you appreciate each other. Now, if that's what you really want in business, then surely it must be worth spending time and effort to get to there, which means you have to start asking a bunch of questions. Uh, and one of them is exactly what you just asked, which is, how do you know? 
where are you? And that, first of all, you've got to you've got to look inwards and start asking yourself a bunch of questions. You know, I, I have a scorecard which has nine different areas to, to look at just to just to get you into a flow of thinking. Okay, let's let's start thinking about things. But the key for me, first of all, is that you know is the aspirational thing. Some people are quite happy to be a six or a seven, and you know what, it's all right. Well, if it, if that's where you're at, so be it. They're not the people I work with. They're not the people that are in the family business practice. I know they're not the people you work with, Chris. But the important thing is, is to understand why it's so important. You mm. know, mm. yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it makes makes some um, enormous amount of amount of sense. Um, and uh, so, so basically, this is something that we we we. It, it feels a little bit like you talk, when you talked about um, you know people prepared to pay you, you know work you're good at, work you like to. It sounded like icky guy actually, you know a the must have a bit, didn't it? A little bit. Um, yes. And I suppose that gives you an indication if you're doing something you love and people will pay for you and the world needs it and and etc. Um, and you're good at it, uh, then that's probably a good place a good place to to be. I, I suspect, um, but then it becomes a case of just getting getting better and better at what you do, uh, I imagine, uh, and uh, and tracking it and monitoring. But it must be possible to, you know, have, have a very strong reputation in certain areas, and then with, you know, maybe a client or something, you don't, you know, it's. Uh, so I guess yeah. it's kind of an average, isn't it? Because because you know, you, you relationships come and go occasionally. Yeah, of course they do. I mean, nothing's forever, and, and likewise, you might decide to go into a different area of business i've certainly yeah. done yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden you think hang on a minute my reputation is not so big it's not so yeah. big there so you've got to work at it you've got yeah. to do stuff in other words um uh, and and maybe we'll get onto it later i, I think that that's particularly obvious with things like cor corporatized companies it's not a criticism but they look at things in a different way and they don't realize it uh that actually You've got to you know, you've got to work at things. Running your own businesses, um, you, you, you'll have come from history where you've had to work at it. So if you go into a new business area, you've got to accept the fact that well, you're going to have to work it, work you know, work at that area too. Well, we're going to get to commercial break now, and after the break, uh, let's maybe have a look, Peter, at how you build your reputation. You know, if you're a small trader or a consultant, uh, maybe versus say a corporate or a social enterprise um you know are there any differences in doing that so let's have a look at how we how we do that and hopefully what we should do is um you know land upon the people who are listening here their sectors so do take out a, a piece of paper and or a notebook and have a think about your business have a think about your reputation maybe score your reputation on a scale of one to ten have a think about your cli different clients, key clients, and uh, how they might score you, and uh, start to have a think about actually, are there some areas that I need to give real attention to? Is it is it face to face on the phone? Is it digital? Um, whatever it's um, whatever it might be. Um, so we'll join you again in just a couple of minutes. Do please join us again after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? 
Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayitskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with peter roper and we're talking about the reputation gap and peter let's start with Let's start with uh, the independent consultant or small trader. How do they best manage their reputation? Well, what I would say is, you know, I mentioned before the break that, that there are nine areas. I mean, there's more, but I, I focus on the nine areas. My experience over the years of, you know, this is where you need to do some work. And uh, values, type of business, is it relational, transactional, the positioning of the, of the market, are they traditional marketing? Are they online marketing? Are they networking? Are they speaking? Are they sales planning? That they're all areas you need to think about. The first thing you've got to do, and it doesn't matter, we, we, you know, whether it's uh, a sole trader, independent, or upwards, is to have a plan, have a reputation plan. The thing that staggers me, and the scorecard that I've been running now for some months has borne this out. That when I say, "Have you got a reputation plan?" Less than one in 10 businesses that have done the scorecards have actually said they've got any form of reputation plan. And that's scary, particularly, I think, for, you know, for uh, an independent consultant or, or, you know, micro business, what have you. And the first thing I would say for them more than anything else is values. Values are the key. Now, I I know how strongly you feel personally about values and and, and how they impact on the business. values are the thing that drive your business they drive you as an individual and they're the thing that that that, that demonstrates to people what you're all about uh, and so therefore they're the things that people buy into and that's the thing that the reputation process fit, fit, fits into so 
all right, if I give myself as an example, you know, my three core values are family, what they would be because I'm a family businessman, but it's true. Family, fun, and fairness, all mm. right? And fairness is a big deal with me. I hadn't realized how big a deal it was until I really analyzed it. But the point is, in terms of business, people understand where I'm coming from. They they know that if I want to put some sort of deal together, for instance, it has to be uh, fair to both sides. It has to be equitable. The process has to be equitable. Um, and if you're known for fairness, if you're known for for the fact that uh, of that, that's going to stand in very good stead when you when you're working in business. It's highly promotable, so therefore it's a very strong thing. Now I'm not saying everybody should be family fun and fairness. Everyone's got their own, but whatever it is and the type of business they're in, that's the thing that people are really buying. And because you know, because you want to work with people who are in the nine and ten scale, who are appreciate you appreciate what you do, pay you what you're worth and pay you on time as well. There's got to be a connection of value somewhere. So yeah. therefore, particularly as a, a sole trader, small micro business, what have you, that's all about that joining process. So you might not necessarily all be on complete the same level, but the, the, the in, in terms of the business, it's values that will, will, will drive it. And will drive it on a long-term basis. So for me, that's that's the one I always work on first, anyway, no matter who it is. But particularly for uh, one-man, one-woman bands, micro businesses, or traders, it's it's key. It's crucial. Mm. There's a very a, quite a mind-opening interview I did a, maybe, uh, last year with uh, David Allison of Value Graphics, and we talked about specifically about values. They've done a million surveys. Uh, looking at and identifying values across the globe. And interestingly, they, they have about 80% of the population have at least least one of the top uh, five togetherness values. And the top one there is family, which you just, just mentioned. Um, and, it, and it's really interesting because it, it actually makes demographics um, in some ways partly redundant in the respect that you can have, you know, you can have a, 90 year old person whose family is important um as important as a 18 year old person uh, and what we might find sometimes is we connect with people from completely different demographics to us and different experience you might have as much an experience with someone half your age or twice your age in a completely different company and culture but it's gets that feeling when you you meet somebody and it, you've, it, things feel aligned don't they things yeah. feel comfortable things you get a sense out of values yes that, 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 that's right. And I think, you know, as we mentioned at the top of the show, um, life has changed. Uh, I, I know there are some people that still believe that we should go back to the way business was, etc. It's changed. It's changed for good. Generationally, life has changed. Uh, and, and values become f far higher up on the list for, for younger generations than they ever for me. If I'd have said family, fun, and fairness in my corporate career to when I to forty, they, they you know they, they looked at me like I'd gone mad. Yeah, because back in the eighties and early nineties, that's not, that's not what it was about. Um, the and and you can see, and I, I know you you asked me later about corporate businesses. That that's that's where the the, the major challenges are in many ways. Um, but as an individual small business, number one, uh, be clear about your values. Uh, and and don't apologize for them. They are whatever they are. They're the things that will bind you in an eight, nine, ten type client. 
because yeah. you might they might not agree they, they might not be the, the the top values for those individuals but they will respect where you're coming from and respect as we both know is two-way if you've got that respect all of a sudden life changes um and that to me is number one absolutely no it's, it's number one for all, for anyone in any type of business but most of all for micro businesses uh, yeah. like old traders etc yeah that's interesting that I, I think i look at now at um, some of my clients who become really good friends really good friends and uh and i think that's because they've got values alignment yeah, yeah it's, um, it's exactly that I, I don't get me wrong i think there are times when you're working with people um it, as i was saying early on about measuring on a scale of one low to ten high etc you can extend it to your suppliers for instance and say yeah. okay so how do i rate the suppliers how do those suppliers rate us you can go through this process at all manner of levels um but you you, you will work with suppliers probably quite often for many years and it, and it long past well either the cheapest or is it what can afford within within written boundaries obviously but what will happen is that you'll be working with them because the values alignment yeah yeah you know? so, so you you and i you 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 more than me but i have for many years i have i've also worked with family businesses and they're they're a, they're a different beast at times aren't they oh yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> oh you have some fun and games with them don't you oh yeah yeah well yeah i, I am the family businessman aren't i so, are. and you know we run our own family businesses so you know mm. um i think i've probably come across most things but occasionally i come across something new and think wow that's a new yeah. one but most of them um it's not the case i um i think the key with reputation for family businesses is family businesses absolutely run on their on, on their reputation they absolutely do um and it's their it's their defense mechanism against when they're working against corporate businesses who've got muscle who've got money they've got manpower mm -hmm. and businesses have got that so what they have to do is work in a different way and values are the key for there and reputation is key for that the key difference is when you get into as you know as you get into multi-generations and the values of the new generations coming through could be very different to the values of the of the ones that originally started it so again a reputation plan and um, you know my um professional colleagues such as solicitors and accountants would say oh absolutely they need they need a plan but that's all about the finances and stuff a reputation plan is the fact that everybody's on the same basic song sheet in other words they say these are the values of the business as us as individuals here come the new generations are they bought into the same value sets and if they're not which is perfectly fine all right how does that impact on the business because when they're dealing with oh by the way I'm, I'm you know i'm peter i'm second generation you won't be dealing with dad anymore you're dealing with me and by the way i look at life very differently all of a sudden the suppliers go oh whoa hold on a minute and then mm. they go talk to 10 people about it you know and all that gossip as, as leslie calls it changes so what's very clear for family businesses is that everybody's bought into at least a core process that says this is what this business is about and if you see long-term generation businesses like i don't know uh western cider five generations they're on now um uh you know they will talk about the fact that they they're custodians of the business and there are some core family values underneath that have run through that business for 150 years um that's 
that takes you to an eight, nine, or a ten. Mm. Not just because it's my favourite cider either. But I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, of course, today, today, I mean, today there's a lot of talk in the the media about the Rupert Murdoch empire and who will. Absolutely, absolutely. Which, you know, because he's you know, taken from him. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's son that's has taken over, but there's all sorts of conversations. Two, two sons and a daughter. Yeah, and it'll be different because the new generations will come in differently. Um, yeah. and, and at the end of the day, yeah, it, it's a huge organisation, but actually it's basically a second-gen family business. Mm. But, and and this, is, this is a really interesting one um, as well. With, we, talk about, we talk about large businesses because this one, you know, this is kind of like it's a family business, but it's also corporate, really. It's massive, absolutely massive. And uh, it's an organisation that has a strong reputation in certain areas and uh and and very poor reputation in others yeah yes and, and it, it, it's where the dichotomy of where a family business becomes a corporatized business um where a family business has has run through the whole values process and you know has built its way along but it gets bigger and bigger and bigger it gets to a point where all of a sudden it needs to you know you've, you know we've talked about this before you have to professionalize but not necessarily corporatize now in i would say that the business we just talked about with the murdoch empire it is a corporatized business it is a very much a corporatized business yes. but underneath it there's a family that own an awful lot of it and so when you get into reputation with that I think what you have to have is a collective view. You have to have a collective view of what you're trying to say, how you're trying to portray yourselves. Um, I, I think corporates, well, I think the key thing these days, you know, the, the big difference obviously is online media that you know we didn't have 10, 15 years ago. We didn't have that, that, the challenge of that, the beauty of it, but the challenge of it. And, and you know, you, you need an online policy. You need the whole process of that um to, to make the difference really to understand the market positioning and, and and to really show people what you know you know what the business stands for you know as well as i do that some corporate businesses and corporatized businesses are fantastic great great um uh reputations they work very hard at it um and there are others their reputation is not particularly great they don't really care too much they they know that what they care about is just press hard sign here Thanks very much. Where you go, you know, and we both, you know, we we could all rattle off favorite, you know, famous, very large businesses who clearly will do the marketing, but they spin the numbers and they're not interested. That you know, uh, and that's the key difference between a you know a family business and you know a, a micro business, what have you. There is some caring values going into it. There are some beautiful exceptions, though, and I must say, there are. I don't want to beat up every corporatized business. There are some very good ones, but they're the ones that have got. They're clear with their message. They're clear with understanding how important their reputation is, uh, and they will promote it and and, and vigorously uh, chase it through. You know, with their staff, with you know, with their suppliers, etc. Um, and yes, they're working in a different circle. But they have to look at things, and, and again, I would say that's a reputation plan at the end of the day. But it's on a much, it's a much larger scale than say an individual, obviously. But the principles are still the same, which, which is what do you want the reputation of the business to be? Has everybody bought into that process? 
and, and bringing people a lot, uh, you know, along with you because that's what it's about. And understanding that I don't know if you've got a, a few thousand employees, you're not going to corral all of them. But what you can do is is, is you, know, you know work as hard as possible, you know, eighty twenty or what, what have you, um, and and be clear about what's not acceptable. Definitely, yeah. what's not acceptable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as, you, as you know, many, many years ago, I worked for Family Business uh, Mars, and the, the values were absolutely a huge part of the induction and the training. And they just stuck through us like a stick of rock. Every decision we made we referred to the values. It was it was very very clear. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've, I've interviewed on here one of the um, a, a vice president for um, Ritz Carlton, and uh, you know they values are so important to them and. They have the little they have the huddles every morning to identify, remind themselves of the values and identify them identify uh the unanticipated expectations of the customers that they can could could fill today. You know, and they do that from cleaners through to executive executive boards and it's part of their culture. Um, but I guess those sorts of behaviors, you know, keep you consistent, don't they, on the straight and narrow, really. Well, they do. I think some of the work I did with an organisation recently, you know, they're, they've, they're not that sort of size, but they've got, I think it's about 300 employees. Uh, and, and they state very clearly what they believe the values of the business are. And, 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 and it comes from the origin of that they're a second gen family business. But it's a large business in its own right. And, it, it, and, and its people are working all over. Uh, and the work we did was to get them to to be clear that, look, this is the values of the business, but we recognize as individuals, you may have very clear defining different values that are most important to you. What we're asking you to do as a group of people is to understand that the business stands for this and the reputation stands for this. This is this is the area that you know we, we really want to concentrate on, but we, reckon, um, we recognize that there may be some key values for yourself as individuals that are very important and therefore, you know, we, we've got to understand that and work with you. You know this very well with the work you do. So on that note, uh, we're going to get to commercial break again. Uh, and you know, after the break, we'll, we'll have a think. How do you best create a really great re reputation in today's world? And perhaps if you have time, if you've damaged it a bit, how do we go and repair it? Um, so we'll be back looking at those questions in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on Finding Certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Peter Roper. We're talking about the reputation gap. And I just kind of realized the break, you know, maybe some people sitting there thinking, well, you talked about small businesses, you talked about family business, you talked about corporate, but we're a social enterprise. Um, so Peter, any different thoughts relevant to social enterprises? Uh, all, all that we've talked about is absolutely right. Um, um, but I think the key for me, and I'm being a little blunt about it, is that people particularly want to know about the money. They want to know about, you know, social enterprise. Invariably, most social enterprises are always chasing to get funding, to get money, um, uh, you know, uh, be it by donation, what have you, you know, or charity, et cetera. The, the people want to know how something's funded and is it being funded properly and is it being looked after properly? So reputation there is hyper important, I think, because you really have to demonstrate on a, a regular basis exactly what's happening. You know, I get, what about the nominated charities we work with for years is the uh, the uh, West Midlands Air Ambulance, you know, and it's been going since 1991 and it's had all sorts of fun generating money. Um, and it's had its ups and downs of making sure everybody knows exactly where the money's going and where it's come from. Uh, and they, I know they work very hard to show everybody one, how grateful they are, but two, exactly where that money's going. Because in a heartbeat, if somebody says, oh, I don't know, I, I, you know, I, I, I spent some money with them and you know what, they've, they've done something daft, you know, all of a sudden that helicopter won't fly anymore. And, and it's really yeah. important. So, so for me, social enterprises, one specific area, it, it is all about, I hate saying it, but, but it's true. It is all about the money. So and reputation, you've got to work really hard on that um, uh, for social enterprises. Yeah. Yes. I remember, I think it was, uh, it was Oxfam who got hit a number of years ago. Very. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And it's a simple, they made a couple of simple mistakes and it just whoosh, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not just core, you know. The, 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 it's not just a large corporate and somebody opens the mouth and does something dumb, you know. It, it, it's it's charities, and if they get it wrong, you know, and for social enterprise, get it wrong, 
people will immediately just turn their backs on them and and, and spend you know give their money to somebody else uh and all of a sudden that enterprise is in a lot of trouble and we you know you've seen over the years social enterprises disappear for that but for that very reason so to me um concentrating on that and then getting the message across yes through all the different methods that you know i mentioned earlier so with this traditional marketing online marketing networking speaking you know actual selling whatever um particularly with social enterprises and charities um being very open and very transparent very clear um uh, heads a lot of things up in the past for them yeah i guess the guests need to build a very high level of trust with your your donors so they be very very high integrity and believable absolutely uh you know you you see the stories don't you uh where it goes wrong um and you know uh, nobody's perfect but uh in in their area they've got to be transparent they've got to be very clear uh and they've got to be consistent with that Mm. That's, that, that's the key not take anything for granted at all uh and, and you know in the main you know we, you know, we focus on the exceptions but uh, i know i know an awful lot of them try you know they try very hard in that area but it's something they must be aware of all the time mm. you know it, it, a volunteer for a charity needs to have the information to hand to make sure that when somebody asks a slightly or well you know I've got, i gave some money what happened type stuff that that they can absolutely say this is how it works da, 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 and it's transparent um it's important really important so what's what's the difference between reputation and brand or is it the same thing brand's part of it isn't it brand, I, I, people will talk about building a brand uh, and about talking what the, the what the brand is but the reputation is something different a brand to me brand is marketing brand is it is you know in the lower sense is this is the brand this is the marketing around it this is what it looks like this is what you're buying etc but reputation is about about doing the right thing you know uh, and, and and being consistently doing the right thing so you might buy a brand you might buy some product or other it might be delivered to you and guess what it didn't work properly or it wasn't it wasn't right or it didn't fit or what have you so all the brand of the marketing says this, this thing's wonderful and but you've got something and well, it isn't actually. Reputation is based on what you do afterwards. So you know, you, you, you know, put your hand up and say, "I'm not happy with this." Is delivering on whatever you've promised of of making sure that that, that, that person is served properly, is sorted properly, is, stu- is stood by. In other words, that's where your reputation really comes in. That's not a brand. That's a that that's about uh, a philosophy, if you like, which is we do the right thing. We stand by what we say. So. Uh, brand is 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 part of the marketing it's inside inside the business the reputation is all about particularly is what do you do when it's not going right mm. more than anything is is what you you really stand by your metal and you know, or measured by your metal about what you actually do that's when it, when it really shows up so what do you do when it's not going right own up all right I and mean, you've seen recent cases mm-hmm. of people that they haven't owned up so you know we perhaps not mention them today but we all know of certain people that have not owned up to things the first thing you do is own up you say i'm sorry you're right we've got this wrong it's the very first thing you need to do and then the next thing you do is you say what you're going to do and the third thing is you absolutely do it mm. 
that, uh, uh, that's paramount. If you do those three things, you'll have somebody then who, who will absolutely sing your praises. Absolutely. They'll say, do you know what? They didn't get it right, but do you know what? They sorted us out and, and they, they were really mm. good. They'll tell 10 friends. Yeah. You know, they will tell 10 friends. Whereas um, uh, if you don't do it right, they'll tell 100 friends. Yeah. You know, that's the point. Um, and that, that's where, where reputation really kicks in. Reputation really does kick in when the chips are down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, and uh, it, 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 and actually, you can probably sometimes surge your brand, can't you? You can, you can actually in those situations where it has gone wrong, if you react fast, you can gain a premium. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it makes you. We, we then talk about politicians, I believe, but you know, when politicians get caught out, what the only <laughs> thing they never do is say, "Sorry, I got it wrong." You never hear them say that. It's and quite often know, embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> as well, <laughs> because you know. That they're in the wrong, but they still can't do it. And, and then you turn around eventually and go, what, what? you know, it's ridiculous. Just pass up. It's not easy. You know, you've, I'm sure you've been in tough situations. I've been in tough situations. Um, yeah, that's when your reputation really stands or falls by, by the fact of going, yeah, we screwed up uh, or whatever. This is what we're going to do. And then do it. The important thing is you do it in the, whatever you said you're going to do. You deliver on it. Uh, am I 100% uh, wonderful? Uh, no, but that's that would be that's my you know if there's a problem that would always be my intention to do that. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Is is there anything we haven't talked about? That's just, that's we're on this subject that's really important. Well, I, um, well, I think if you look at how reputation is moving on, I think that's something that's worth talking about. Um, as I, I think as I alluded to earlier, life has changed since lockdown. Many people are looking at things in a very different way. Uh, I know there are some people that will say, well, now, come on, we've got to go back to what we were. They're not going to. I mean, there are some exceptions, but many people's minds have been opened to a bigger world, to a different world. Uh, and you have to accept that. And, and so when you look at large corporations who are still hiding behind, I'm sorry, uh, you know, we're not answering our phone for 10 minutes because our, co our call volumes are still high, etc. because they haven't done anything. They haven't spent time or effort. All they're doing is hurting their reputation over and over again. I'm sure you can think of organizations that have been like that. I know I phoned one yesterday. Uh, and I was hanging on for ages. And they haven't done anything about the, the, the their systems and the way towards me because they're, they're hoping upon hope that everybody comes to work, back, back to work in the, in the way that it used to be. And people have got long memories. They have very long memories about being held on the phone for 40 minutes and not getting a result because they can see that the business has not put any time, effort, or probably money into it. And I think particularly larger organizations are in the main the worst culprits i'm not saying that that's i'm some mm. have been very good uh and i'm not saying that all smaller businesses uh have been absolutely correct uh, uh great because they haven't been smaller businesses have been fleeter of foot there's no two ways about that um i think the key thing for me is to understand that people want genuine connection i think that's the thing i, I would say to you chris People want genuine connection. That's yeah. the clear differentiator to me now, pre and post COVID. And that is where reputation really 
comes into its own because people want connection. Now, it might be connection the way we're doing it right now on a, you know, a Zoom call like this, uh, you know, or what have you. But they want to feel genuine connection. Well, how do you get genuine connection? You, you, you By working with people who rate you as an 8, 9 or 10. Or yeah. you rate them as an 8, 9 or 10. It's two ways. You know, in, in business, we want to work with those people who, who, who you know, rate us, rate what we do, pay us what we're worth. But it's a two-way street, all right? They've got to, you know, we've got to rate them as well. We have to connect with them. We have to like what they're about. We like to like their business. We like their people. We like what they do and what they're trying to achieve. The only way that's going to happen is through genuine connection. Now, it might be at arm's length because we're using technology. It might be somebody to the other side of the world, but it's a genuine connection. And that comes through reputation. You know, yeah. that long-term connection comes through reputation. So for me, people want genuine connection. Uh, and I think one of the ways you do that is by talking with people, uh, by speaking in front of people uh, and being involved with people, you know. And, and that's how I see business moving forward more and more. And, and uh, I know you feel about this. Generationally, the younger generations that are coming through, more and more, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for values, reputation genuine connection and and business is moving forward that's where they need to be and that's where the reputation gap really is that's where we, you know we want to serve, you know, want to serve and swim i think that you know I, I see where i get increasingly frustrated these days is uh, the way that technology is used with big online utilities companies mobile phone providers uh, those sorts of organizations insurance companies whereby it's getting less it's, it's it's so hard to find someone to talk to you might be able to get to a talk to a chatbot or you know because it's you know the use of ai but trying to find a contact number can take you 10 minutes going to a website because that's yeah. really avoiding talking to you and you mentioned there very importantly about values when um, people's key values are things like family togetherness connection um collaboration relationships um, you know, those are values that most people hold. I've done this in, in large rooms of people and asked ask them, um, you know, what's important, which of these are important to you? And hands go up in masses. Um, but organize, large organizations are creating systems that are actually against that. They don't, they enable less and less of that to happen. So anyway, I'm getting on a soapbox now. Peter, um, do you have a quick final message you'd like to leave us with before we go? I think what I've just said, actually. And uh, seconds, actually, because I've got to go. I've just realized oh, no, it's, right. it's easy. People want genuine connection. If you want genuine connection, it, uh, it, it's based on working with together with people. And why not with people work with people who are an 8, 9, or a 10? In other words, work with people who have got a great reputation. Make sure you've got a great reputation. Fantastic. Well, I think I think Peter, um, you know, you being an expert in reputation must give people great confidence in working with you. Um, and if you're interested in this, I you know, obtain a copy of the Reputation Gap from you know, check it out on online retailers. I've missed, I guess that's the, a key place to go um, to access that. You can go to familybusinesspractice.com and you can find out more about Peter there uh, and connect with him if you're um, you know you're looking to elevate your reputation. And uh, on next week's show, um, we've got Frank White. And Frank is incredibly a space philosopher. Uh, I've actually pre-recorded this interview because I'm running an event next weekend. Um, and we're going to talk about the overview effect, which was interviewing lots and lots of astronauts about their experience of looking back on Earth and how it impacted them you know, emotionally and impacted their consciousness. And we talk about things like uh, living off the planet and, you know, is it for everybody? And uh, it's, it was a really fascinating conversation. Um, so do check that out 
up next week. Once again, a huge thank you to um, Peter Roper. It's been brilliant talking to you today. I hope you've enjoyed it, Peter. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciated it, as ever. All right. Thanks very much indeed. You're very welcome. And so, everybody, take care. Any questions, comments, chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Take care, everybody. I'll be back again with you shortly. And do check out uh, Frank White uh, next week. I would say that's one not to be missed because actually it really has impacted my consciousness talking to him. I mean that uh, seriously. Um, Do check that out and do share um, this interview with Peter if you found it valuable. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.